Can I ask you something? What? You know I like you, don't you? Yes. And I hope you like me the way I like you. Yes. I was wondering if you would be my girl. Oh, Michael. <laughs> It's official. I have something I want to tell you. Yes, Michael. I'm not like other guys. Of course not. That's why I love you. No, I mean I'm different. And welcome to another edition of The Night Fly, starring me, Dave Juskow. The early morning edition, the Fresh Off the Boat podcast. I don't know what that means. It doesn't matter. It's the one thing. Because I'm different. I like boys and really fucked up little young boys. Yes, taping on a very early Monday morning. So early, the sun is like, now it's like, I wish it was down. You know how I always like, to, you know, recording in the daytime, and it's very nice looking out the window, but it's too bright. It's too bright. It's nine in the morning. It's daylight savings time. You think I'm really looking forward to it. You get depressed when it gets dark early, and now it's too bright. It's too bright. Yes, Reggie Miller is taunting Spike Lee. And here we are at the podcast, very special edition. Well, last week was the special edition. I mean, I mean, Rhoda. I mean, are you guys kidding me? Did you like that? You had to have liked it. After all this time, Rhoda was hilarious. Dory was hilarious. And she is a genuine idiot. Because uh, I'll tell you some stuff. <laughs> but I thought it was a pretty fun podcast, I guess. Rhoda only said she was going to slap me once. How about that? So angry. Anyway, here we are today. I'm going to turn the music off and just get started because um, I have a lot to do. And I figure, you know, it's like, so I, what, I'm, what I'm about to tell you is sick. I mean, you just, nobody has a life like I do and that's just the end of it. I mean, I could just leave it at that. It's, it's really unbelievable. And this only happened hours ago. It's so sick. Um, it's, uh, I don't know how to tell it. If it was a movie, you would just be like, nobody has a life like this. It's ridiculous. I'm having some coffee, too. Mm. I went to bed around 4.30 last night in the morning, and, and now it's 9 a.m. So there's that. Uh, I'll just tell you this thing about, no, 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 let's just get down to business. So, uh, 
Yeah, let's just start off with this because it's just because it only happened hours ago. You, it's, it's unbelievable. I was almost going to put on the podcast like four in the morning. Um, you know, fire it up, as Artie used to say. Dan, let's fire up the podcast. Uh, I'm just I, I I still can't put it into words myself. It's so strange. Um, <laughs> sorry, I don't know how to begin. Uh, well. Saturday, let's just say, let's just start here. Saturday, I wanted to kill myself. I was deep, dark, in depression uh, for multiple reasons. I'm not exactly sure why. Friday night, I went to go see my nephew in another goddamn play. This kid, I mean, I don't know how the girls are treating him because I've heard varying things, but he's having the life. He was able to play this part in Mamma Mia, wearing this like awesome. Uh, Chippendale's outfit. He looked amazing. He actually looked better than he's ever looked before. He looked he, he looked really good. He looked like he had muscles. He looked cool. If you can't get laid after wearing that outfit, then I don't know what you, you know. I mean, I know he's in high school, but I'm just, you know, can't get a girl after that. Then you're doing something wrong. But, uh, you know, the play was okay, but he's doing that scene, you know, the scene with Christine Baranski. It's like a sexy scene. It's something I never could have done in high school. I just would not have had the confidence to do and I don't know how much confidence he has, but he just takes direction and he just does what he's asked to do. And it's it's quite phenomenal, really. I mean, it really is. Um, but it was okay. I gave him a, I gave him his Jusky Award. I mean, who wouldn't be excited about that? I mean, who? Oh, and here's the best part about that, too. So I found out some gossip. So the lead girl who had the Meryl Streep role, who's very pretty and very talented. <laughs> Not to sound like my sister. <laughs> Oh, she's 10 years old, but she is like an all-over entertainer, this girl. No, she's probably 17. She's very pretty. Did a great job, you know. And then and then there's the boy who plays the Pierce Bronson role. He's okay. Look, I mean, he's pretty good. Look, he's got a beard. He doesn't look like he should be in high school, and he's wearing too much makeup. But apparently, they fell in love while being in this show, while, uh, you know, rehearsing this play. Now, this bearded guy, you know, a handsome fella, um, was dating the girl who works the lights. And he broke up with her to date the lead in the play. You know, juicy high school gossip shit, which really did make the play. I'm glad my sister told me before, because then you're looking for like when they're, you know, together or kissing or whatever. You're you're looking for the, the real passion, because I guess the... That's what happens. They're like, boy, they really uh, work well together. They're like, oh, you have no idea. And it's it's hot, kind of, you know. I know they're 17, but you know what I'm saying. You, 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 I, I, not to be like Michael Jackson, but I'm, I'm thinking of it in a way like I wish that happened to me when I was 17. Or maybe it did happen to all of us when we were 17. You know, it's like sexy. Not like we're all going to have sex happy. Just, you know, like when you like a girl and somebody likes you back. So, uh so the best was that uh, the whole time um, the girl, the lead girl is chasing the spotlight because the girl, you know, is really bitter and angry. is working the lights. So it's never on that girl. It's like really funny. It was the first night of the show. And she and she's like not in the spotlight because the girl just keeps not putting the spotlight on. Her. <laughs> it's kind of funny. If I was in a movie, we would all find it very funny. Um. Yeah, that's right. That was my night. So, yeah, so I went there right after work. Then we go out after to this place, right? 
they got this place called the Stage House or Stagecoach or something. They got this barbecue. No, no, no. Buffalo chicken pizza. It was fantastic. I didn't eat that much of it. I, I left like three slices over and maybe it has six. So, I mean, but it's thin, you know, like a personal pie. And I had some drinks. And then I was going to like hang out overnight and hopefully do stuff. No, just in Jersey because it's nice to be out of the city. But nobody had anything to do. I was like, fine, I guess I'll just go home. Billy had the SATs. And I can you imagine you're doing the play, you rehearse, and then you got the SATs the next day. Um, Liza was home, but she was taking her friends to the airport. My sister, you know, door going running. There was just nothing to do. I was like kind of pissed off because I just wanted to do something in the nice sun. It was nice out that day. So I just went home because I had gotten a call from my friend Alina, you know, the one that I went out with in Jersey the last time, and then we threw up, or I threw up. I'm like, I don't want to see you again. She goes, no, we're in Jersey City, and I demand to see you tonight. See, I like when she puts it that way. Then there's this sense of urgency to do this, because normally I'm like, nah, I'm in Jersey. I'm with her. I'll probably just head home. She's like, no, no, I demand to see you. So um, I went out to Jersey City, and I met them. They went to a bar. Had a really good time. Hey, listen, I had a really nice time. It was terrific, really, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, yeah, I got home around 3, I guess. Uh, didn't get that wasted or anything. And But I I took my car and I parked it at my house because I just wasn't sure what I was going to do the rest of the weekend. All right, so oh, I don't want to tell you this part. It's just embarrassing. So, yeah, I made a bet. When I was in Jersey, because you can gamble in Jersey legally, just on my app, and it came in. So I had some money in the app. So I decided in the day I was going to go out back to Jersey. I went to Hoboken just to use the app. I mean, it is pathetic. Took a chance to win because I had lost some. And the other thing, ah, it's a fucking thing. It's so embarrassing. It's embarrassing. But I got my car washed and I filled my tires with air. So I felt like, I, I don't know, I was doing something. And, I, I, and quite frankly, I mean, I swear to God, it got me out of the house. I don't know if I would have left the house on Saturday. So it got me out of the house. It was a nice day. And then I parked the car in the garage. I'm like, good, let's get rid of that. And then I decided, all right, it's going to be a fun night, uh, you know, by myself. I'm going to order some food. I had already ordered McDonald's in the morning. God, I forgot about that through Uber Eats. I don't know why. And then at night, I ordered from Jersey Subs, Jersey Mike's, whatever the fucking this dude doesn't know how to make a goddamn sub. He's an idiot. And every time I go in there, I start getting angry. So I figured I'll just order online because I don't have to see these people because they're doing it all wrong. I don't know. It's not like Tasty Subs in Edison, New Jersey. It's, it's stupid. They think they know Jersey Subs. They don't know shit. Anyway, I order a tuna fish sub and... I say, well, screw this. I'm also going to order a cheesesteak because I was in the mood for a cheesesteak for the past couple of weeks. I'm going to order both. You know, they're like medium-sized subs, I guess. I'm just going to both, and I'll take one of each, and then I'll save the rest. Well, that didn't happen. I ate them both with a vanilla Coke. It was pathetic. And then I had lost all my bets, like, immediately. And I was, like, really upset, and I went down you know i just went to watch tv and then all of a sudden i just fell into this deep dark depression and at 9 30 at night i went to bed i'm like i'm gonna kill myself and i just went to bed i'm like i can't live any longer i mean seriously i just so 
dark, and and I know the gambling is it's, it's a disaster, but then the eating, you know, it's like I'm, I, I don't know how to lose weight because I, I don't know, you know, I'm I'm eating out of the I don't know what I'm doing if I don't if I have stuff to do, I don't eat, and I won't gamble. I'm just bored. So, I went to bed at nine thirty. At eleven thirty, I woke up, and um, I checked my phone. I'm like, I'm going to go back to bed. But then I checked my phone and Sarah Silverman had texted and she goes, uh, hey, do you want to, I'm in town for a day and do you want to see uh, this play who, you know, we have a mutual friend that was in on Saturday and Sunday, tomorrow too. And I'm like, yes. I just said yes. I didn't say, hey, how you doing? Whatever. I was just like, yes. And she goes, all right, so we'll meet at one. I'm like, yes. She's like, why are you being so? And I'm like, nothing. I'll see you tomorrow. Like I just, I knew if I had to say yes. Because otherwise I was going to spend another day in the house doing nothing. I'm like, I have to say yes. And let me tell you something. I never would have gone out yesterday. It was miserable out yesterday. Rainy and gross. Cold. But I knew I had to go out. And then this, uh, I had another friend call and we talked for a while. And uh, it, it all adds into the story. And then I talked for like three hours on the phone and. Felt a little better, but I was still a little down. And so, uh, <laughs> so I wake up and I go to see the play, and um, you know it's okay. Uh, but you know something to do. And I go home. I take a nap, and I, and the the plan is that I'm going to go after this. I am going to. Well, here's what happened. I mean, I, I went to do karaoke with uh, Paul Rudd, uh, a couple other people, and um, Peter Dinklage's brother, who happens to be the lead violinist in for Hamilton and lots of other Broadway musicals. And that's who I was doing karaoke with. And that was the plan, if you can believe it. I can't still believe it myself. And... Uh, and... And then I, I, I went, and there were a couple other people, but it was funny, as uh, we were having a really good time. Uh, maybe I'm not, uh, you know, making this out to what it is because I still couldn't believe it myself, but I was, it was such a good time. And then all the girls that were there, like, left, and it was just the three of us. Me, little Johnny Dinklage. Well, he's not little. He's almost sorry. And... Uh, and Paul Rudd. And the weird part is, and this guy Serge, who also a great guy. But the night, but that night before, when I was talking to this girl, she's friends with both of those guys. Just a coincidence that we were hanging out. She goes, You're gonna love these guys. She didn't know I was hanging out with them the next day. She's like, you guys, you know, if you guys knew each other, you could be great, great friends. You guys would totally hit it off. Paul's amazing. He's so funny. Uh, Johnny's amazing. He's so far. I'm like, yeah, well, you know, I don't see that happening. And then it just happened. I, I, I don't know how to explain it. It's just a total coincidence. And then, um, <laughs> so, oh, here's what I was thinking too. This is kind of funny about Peter Dinklage. So he's got kids, right? And they're like, you know, normal size. And I was thinking, can you imagine like everything we've seen, like even on Seinfeld and stuff, if you are a kid and you bring home your friends to meet your parents 
you know, there's always that embarrassment. If your if your parent is a little person, can you imagine? Like, ah, oh, you can meet my parents. Uh, you know, you'd have to before they get in the door. Uh, look, I just something I got to tell you. You know, I mean, it's got to be tough if you're in you know elementary or high school, and you're like, oh, you're, you know, like the Odd Couple episode, like, um, uh, drop the Kleenex. What are you talking about? Just drop the hanky, drop the hanky, and then so you're down on their level. I mean, it's you know, there's all these things. Um, that you know you just i don't know it's embarrassing but i was thinking i'm taking a step i'm all over the place sorry hung over a little uh that peter dinklage's kids when they grow up that'll be like that would he might be the only person in history where you could bring your brother and then you know you don't tell him there's something i gotta tell you but it's not that he's a little person that he's like you know the king on game of thrones uh i mean that that he he's probably uh, the only little person in history that people would come over and be like, "No way, that's your dad." So good for him. Well, do- oh, well done. Anyway, uh, so we're hanging out and we're having a good time, and I'm telling you. And first of all, let me just say that um, the the. the the, 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 when I first walked in, what were they playing? And I'm telling you, there's something, you know, I mean, this song is getting, it's ridiculous. But they, they as soon as I walked in, they were playing this, and everybody's just playing this song lately. You know, I'm on board with it. I mean, it's all over the place now. It's so weird. Oh, because of that movie, everybody's playing it, so we sang this, and... And then, but the thing about this song is the worst part is during the Oscars, they did this song for American Idol for some of the cast members that are going to be in it this season or something or just the auditioners. And they did this. And I'm like, now I'm hooked. Now I'm going to watch fucking American Idol. I'm like so furious that they got me, you know, engulfed in this stupid American Idol two hours, two times a week. That's four hours out of your life every day. I'm like, I'm not going to do it. Forget it. Forget it. But. They all sang this song and it sounded so good in the coming attractions. I was like, I- I'm going to watch it because there's something about this song. How did we not know about it? I mean, I guess, you know, the big Queen fans, they're, they're probably so angry. Like, sure, now you guys get this song. Oh, it's just so good. So we we're singing that one and it's just so funny. Right next to us, there's a bunch of hot girls in the room next to us in the karaoke and they're singing Bohemian Rhapsody. I mean, it's it's fascinating, but... Yeah, that song. So now I'm watching American Idol. Oh, I hate it, but yeah, I love it. So I just fast forward through the performances and just go to the commentary because I like Katy Perry. She's hot and she's funny. It's stupid. I can't believe I'm going to commit myself to this. I don't know why. And it's all because of that stupid song. And it's not just that me, too. I just saw another commercial the other day for some, you know, women's watches or something and they're playing this song i mean it's such a bunch of models everybody's playing it now everybody's like and it's just the same thing that happened to me if you see that movie and you see this song at the end you're just like what what is this here's a song i don't remember and it's unbelievable how do we not remember this song it's so damn popular so we're singing that and we're singing a bunch of stuff and we're having a really good time this is the last thing my new pal paul rudd and we and we really did hit it off with these two guys hit it like as fiercely as if we were friends for the past 30 years it was unbelievable 
And and that like even let me tell you something about this Rudd character. Uh, I his wife leaves because they got kids and they got to go to school. His wife leaves, and I go, "Don't go! All the plants will die!" You know, into the microphone. And he goes, "Stripes!" Like he knows all the stuff we know. It's unbelievable. He he's cool. Nobody knows that line from Stripes. That's like a, that guy that um, knew my line from the, the when I did the Godfather, and he knew that line from the the Mary Tyler, the pilot of the Mary Tyler Moore episode, where I go like, um, "What can I get you? I'll have a whiskey, I'll have a scotch, and what do you have? I'll have a brandy Alexander." And the guy saw me. He goes, "Wait, was that from the Mary Tyler Moore pilot?" And I'm like, "Oh my god, how do you remember that?" I love when people get the references, but there's so. All over. It's like the Cars movie all over again. Was that was that from that Bosom Buddies episode? Is that what that line's from? So we're having, like I said, we're having this great time, right? And then um, he plays this song, Paul does, Paul, you know, my friend, um, from Talk Talk called uh, Such a Shame, which I didn't know. But it, it starts out with this, this beat. And he's just, he gets up and he's just doing the, kind of like he's hitting a cowbell. And he moves so well. I mean, he's in perfect shape, which is, you know, well, he is a, a Marvel superhero. And he's just doing the clapping of the thing. And he's, I mean, it's really funny. And, you know, this song goes, I'd have never heard it in my life. I mean, this is a horrible song. But he's... This song is horrible. But it keeps going back to the instrumental with the... Here. It goes back to... And when it goes back to this and he starts doing the imitation of hitting the cowbell again or something, I was... I was dying laughing. I mean, crying laughing just because he was so committed to it you know nobody gets up and does that stuff we were all sitting down just looking at the lyrics and then you know it was fun but it wasn't like he was trying to be funny he just was funny i know funny people and i'm telling you he was funny i was just crying laughing i mean crying laughing i don't know what this fucking song is and what do you i mean the ending is even worse it just keeps going end oh i don't i can't see the oh yeah <laughs> see it keeps i think it continues yeah see <laughs> I can, i'm not doing that i'm not stopping it it's this is the song <laughs> and we thought it was over and it kept on going and he's just like doing the moves it's horrible but it was really funny and then i was thinking i knew what um talk talk i the only song i remember from talk talk was this one which was i knew it was from talk talk i couldn't think of it you guys remember this one? No, no, no. Oh, no, no. This is... Oh, no, that's the Pet Shop Boys. This is the one. Yeah, right? Because didn't... Wait, didn't... Um, Gwen Stefani redid this, right? No doubt. Yeah, I think this is the original one. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. I'm just thinking about it now. Now I knew where I heard this before. Gwen Stefani, no doubt we did this, right? Isn't that the, that's the way it is, right? 
It's a great bass line. for that bass line. I mean, this was a huge hit for them. Probably more so than the Talk Talk. Ah, oh, that Gwen Stefani is something else. That she's married to that idiot on the voice. That's a good song. That's what I thought he was going to play when they said Talk Talk. I don't know. That's Shay. How does he even know? He knew all these strange country songs and everything. But I will tell you this, folks. I will tell you this. I'm telling you, I swear to God, it was really like we were friends for the past 30 years. I chose this song because they were playing all these country songs. And I said, I'm, I'm kicking it up. I'm kicking it up. This party needs to be picked up. And him and Johnny were like this. Oh, my God, dude. I was just thinking this you know what I'm talking about oh my god these guys are our new pals something's at the edge of your mind you don't know what it is couldn't believe they were into it so into it they knew everything it was great Magic 
Uh, but I t- I'm telling you, it was it was unbelievable. We were all like talking, like he knew all the references we know. He, he you know, uh, it was. It, we were drinking. He's a good drinker. We're having a good time. We're doing shots. We're drinking, getting high. I mean, because it's almost legal. So it's okay. Um, oh my god, it was amazing. I mean, it was amazing. And so then after, um, you know, we they were figuring out the bill. And I'm like, well, there's a bill. <laughs> it's like a, um, and I paid my share. I bought cash just in case. Um, but I don't know why there was so much trouble figuring it out. It just, it seems like everybody has money there. So, um, but anyway, so, so then it's just the three of us. And then we decided to go out to a diner and it was funny. Those guys were like, yeah, I never, I haven't been out to a diner, a late night diner in year. I'm like, oh, I know a place. So we went down to the diner down on 14th street and like at two in the morning had, and then, and then again, it happened. Um, I was thinking, I'm like, I really kind of want a chocolate shake, but I haven't had one in a long time. And then, and Paul goes, do you want to get, should we get shakes? I'm like, Jesus Christ, we are totally on the same plane this evening. This is amazing. So we all, the three of us got chocolate. We got, (laughs) so I got a chocolate, Johnny got vanilla. And then, so just (laughs) because I'm telling you, he's funny. He goes, I'll have chocolate and vanilla. And we're like, oh, it was uh, great. And I had like a gyro. Jay wasn't even thinking about the. I don't know. We were having a really good time, just talking. I don't even know what the fuck we're talking about. I just couldn't believe it was happening. It was so weird. Just the three of us, We've never met before. I mean, I met Paul a couple times, but we never hung out before, and I'd never met Johnny before, and we were just having the best time. It was the strangest thing. You know how? Remember we were talking about how difficult it is to meet boys for boys to become friends and meet other boys, but. Yeah, I swear it was as if we were friends for years. It was so strange. And like I got home around three and I was obviously like just goofed up. I, I didn't go to sleep. I I didn't go to sleep till four fifth because I was watching Sea of Love with Al Pacino. I hadn't seen that. It was when Ellen Barkin was really hot. And uh I watched the end of that because I was just so wired up. Even knowing I had to do the podcast on Monday, like in a couple of hours, to make sure I get it to you on Tuesday. And, uh, but I was so wired up. I'm like that after we split up and we went our separate ways, I I, I just walked home. I was just laughing. I'm like, how do you see that night coming when you kind of want to kill yourself the night before? I mean, what a, what a banner evening besides being a celebrity. I mean, it was a fun time. And then, um, tonight I'm taking Tom out from accounting. Yeah, I wish I was kidding. I'm not kidding. I'm taking Tom from my office out for dinner for his good work that he did over Christmas. The firm is paying for it. I mean, how funny is that? Like at 9 o'clock, we're going to get steaks. That's what I'm doing tonight. I'm hanging out with Tom. Now, I don't know anyone else that has an existence like that. It's weird. My sister's like, you you got you to gotta do... I, I don't know what either. You got to like make a like a TV show on it. I mean, it would. <laughs> I I don't know how to explain it. It's so strange to le- lead this odd double life, and then and and go out with Todd, Tom from accounting. <laughs> I'm just saying from accounting, but he's from my department. You know, I'm his boss. I have to take him out for dinner. <laughs> it's, it's insane. 
on the company, of course, because, you know, I'm a bigwig now. They've allocated some money from my department so I could take them out. So I'll take out the people, but, you know, except the one girl that I don't like. I know I got to take her out, but I'm hoping I don't have to. I don't want to hang out with I don't want to hang out with anybody from my department. They're all horrible. My department. Look at me, huh? Look at me. I'm on top of the world, huh? Hey. Well, now, now, who do I feel like? I feel like a fucking idiot. Like, you know, tell, I mean, I know you enjoy these stories because, I mean, who wouldn't it? They're unbelievable. And I don't know whether I told it the right way, but now I am truly Aunt Jenny from the Brady Bunch. I went to this little nightclub. I had such a time. And before I knew it, we were back in the palace and I was teaching the king how to blow charge. I mean, uh, that's me now. I'm Aunt Jenny. Uh, that's that's going to be my stories years from now. I'm at this little nightclub in New York City, and uh, before I know it, I'm teaching Paul Rudd how to play charge. <laughs> yeah, you got it. David, there's a phone call for you. It's some Lester, and I'm like, oh, that goofy Lester again. Who's he? Just a United States senator. You know, my friend Cory Booker. And two weeks ago, remember, I was hanging out with the Brooklyn DA and a bunch of judges from there. I mean, that is a strange life to lead. Hmm. I don't, I, yeah. I mean, what a blast. And I'm just, you know, it's just only hours ago it all happened. I don't even know. I don't know how to handle it. I'm telling you, I don't know. I mean, listen. And I never brought up Amy Heckerling once. Hey, yes, Amy Hecklin's coming over to my house next week. You should come too. It'd be unbelievable. I mean, technically, he really should come. It'd be unbelievable. I mean, that would be. They all come to my house. <laughs> oh, oh, shit, that's good stuff. Next thing I know, I was teaching the king how to blow charge. Ah, oh, I plumb forgot. Now, that kid doesn't dig me, and I want to know why. I'm doing all the lines from the Aunt Jenny episode of The Brady Bunch. You know why? Because I'm crazy, but I believe my new friend Paul Rudd would, I think he'd know the references. I don't know why he knows that stuff, but it's awesome. How's he going to know that line from Stripes? So how do you not like a guy like that? I mean, how do you not? I'm sorry, I'm a little, um, you know, hung over some. Sniffing. But, uh, yeah, so here we are uh, taping the podcast on the Monday before it comes out tomorrow because I came home all week. I'm like, do I do it Wednesday? Do I do it Thursday? I just couldn't do it. I don't know why. I guess I was in a depression of some sort. I feel good today. If I mean, I was still depressed today on a nice sunny day after last night, then, well, then I probably would commit suicide. And certainly I was talking about it because we were talking about Brody Stevens, who did commit suicide, who was just like me and saying, you know, I'm going to kill myself, I'm going to kill myself. But he actually did it. We were talking about that, you know, just because it's uh, we've talked about this on the podcast before where I don't think I could ever do it because, first of all, I'd have to be like, now, where would I set this up? You know, it's, it's the looking for a place to do it. And by the time I'm so lazy, by the time I looked for a place to do it, I'd be like, eh. I'll just watch an episode of Family Guy and then we'll pick it up after that. I would even be lazy in trying to commit suicide. It's crazy. But then also, you know, it's funny. My sister was saying you should lecture 
kids, how every day can get better. And it's funny, she was saying that, I'm like, you don't know what you're talking about, but when I was in high school or college, and I was suicidal then, um, heavily suicidal in high school, and then, you know, college got better. And I remember I wanted to, because I'd always wanted to, teach kids and stuff you know I went to school for teaching and I I like teaching and I like working with kids in a good healthy non-Michael Jackson way and we'll talk about that in a second but um and I remember I was telling some teachers I would like to do a course called for all high schools this is in the 80s called suicide and the course is Mostly like a suicide prevention. I don't don't know what you call it. It doesn't matter. But it is a course to explain to people that it does or could, you'd you'd hope. Maybe not for everybody, but it normally gets better possibly the next day if the sun is shining. I I mean, you know, sometimes I don't listen to my own self. But, you know, know, nowadays it's a little bit more, people are more in, in tune with that, but... Yeah, I mean, there really should be a course on that. Maybe there is nowadays. I don't know. I haven't been in school in many years. But, uh, yeah, it's important to, you know, when you're that young, you really just don't know if it's going to get any better. And the funny thing is, again, I mean, the reason why I'm so down is because when I do think of myself and I say it's going to get better, certain many things have gotten better because, you know, I've had many nights like like last night in my life, which are wonderful, but in the long run of things, if I look back and then I, you know, it's just, it, there's, there's still like, no, it, it didn't all happen. You know, you have these couple of nights, but that, but that's what life is, I guess, is you have a couple of these wonderful experiences, you hope, and then the rest is just full of nonsense and uh, grief and, and Michael Jackson shit. And the reason I keep bringing it up is because I actually watched the complete documentary. I watched all four hours and then the Oprah interview on HBO. I, I got to recommend it. I mean, I don't watch. I usually can't sit through stuff like that. It was fantastic. It was riveting. Leaving Neverland. These two guys. Uh, you know, Michael Jackson was definitely my hero. He was everybody's hero. The guy, his music is sick. He was a hero in many ways because, you know, when when you, you know, I mean, now we know all this stuff, but before we knew about the little boys, he was a hero in the sense, you know, if you're, you grow up the way he did, which we all know, which he blames all that, he didn't have a childhood, but when you grow up, I, I mean, that was the thing about Michael Jackson. It's like, wow, he was amazing as a kid. And then he sustained that momentum as an adult. He was even more talented than we could have possibly imagined. It might be easy to be a kid and be talented and have a good voice, but to be able to keep it going and go to this new level of genius and brilliance, let's face it, Michael Jackson, uh, almost like Hitler at this point, is a genius and was a genius. Hitler was a horrible, horrible human being. We know this. He's evil. He's the devil. But you cannot question his brilliance. The plan, an ugly man telling people we have to get rid of ugly people. I mean, the genius of this douchebag 
And that's Michael Jackson. And believe me, when you see this thing, you'll, why wouldn't I compare him to Hitler? The things he, he just, the only thing that's different between him and Hitler is Hitler has the numbers over Michael Jackson. But we don't even know half of the young boys he could have messed up. Now, it's really easy to say, well, here's what happened, here's what happened, because it's one-sided. But these two kids have very similar stories. You know, now they're like 40, and Michael Jackson was molesting them from like 7 to 17 or something. And the way they, and they're not gay. That's the weird part, because you could see when they talk about it, the Oprah thing was actually more riveting. The, the interview with them for an hour was actually more, after you got to see the whole documentary, but then you... It was there was actually more information. I was just like, oh, I'll watch five minutes of this just to see what it is. And then I found myself watching the whole thing and really wanting more. And they say that, like, you know, when you're seven and you're with your hero. So let's I I'm just trying to think of an example. Like, okay, so I'm seven or whatever. And uh for some reason, Christopher Reeve, Superman, asks me to stay over his house and and we're having a good time and you know, I don't know. He's just like a kid. And for some reason, we're in bed together because it's cool because you're seven. You sleep over. Your friends sleep over. Yes, it's awkward with a man, but he's like a father figure and he's fucking Superman. And then he starts touching your penis. And this is what happened with the boys. And they're saying, you know, and you're like, well, wouldn't you? Do this? But you're like, no, it, why does it feel good? This is confusing. Oh, I guess this is the way it's supposed to. I guess this is cool. right? I guess this is what people do. Now, I don't think I'd fall for that because I'm too much of a fruitcake, but uh, I don't think these guys weren't gay, but that's the weird part. When you're seven, how do you even know what's going on? You, you don't think I could have fallen or anybody could have fallen for Superman? What if he's wearing the fucking costume? You don't think I'm going to fall for that every time? If I'm a little boy, I might even fall for that at 30. Chris Superman, Rafe, are you kidding? I think Adam West could have done it to me. So Michael Jackson, the king of the world, the king of the world at that time, the world, two boys, one from Australia, one from California, have similar stories. That's what makes it so interesting. These two had never met, and their stories are completely similar. The grooming is what they're talking about, what Oprah's talking about. Oprah says, and this is what was rather what kept me in. She opens the show. She goes, I have done 217 shows on sexual abuse. And this guy did more in four hours than I ever got out of those 217 shows to explain uh, this kind of abuse. And it's um, it's fascinating. And then, I, I I don't know if you've seen it yet, but you gotta. It's it's great. I mean, it's like it's disturbing, but good. And, and then they're just talking like Michael Jackson would. I mean, and it's and so they still blame their mothers heavily. They have not forgiven, and so they shouldn't. Um, but you can also see how the mothers got seduced. I mean, yes, it's ridiculous. Why is why are you letting your boy sleep in bed with Michael Jackson? I could see doing it on a one time basis, but after that, if you're but that's but you'll notice there were no dads there. It was all the mothers. Because I don't think the dads, well, I don't really know. But they still blame the mothers because it's weird. But you can see getting seduced. Michael Jackson was coming over this kid's house. This would be like Michael Jackson coming over to my sister's house and just hanging out with us and watching TV. And, and that's where he kind of roped you in because 
to this day, those two kids who are, you can see this one kid is still visually fucked up. There's, there's still have this thing in their head that they're trying to protect him. Cause I, I mean, Michael Jackson was a genius the way he groomed these boys and it's so gross. And they were just, Oh, you gotta say, I don't want to spoil it for you. I mean, I, I mean, it's already spoiled. Everybody knows, but I'm, I'm going to say, I believe it. There's no reason not to. And of course the Jackson family is like, you're crazy. You're crazy. But even his daughter, who's you know, has to say you're crazy, she's like, well, there certainly were a lot of boys in that. There were a lot of boys. I think Howard Stern was saying, like, why, why would a man build a, a kid's theme park? <laughs> you know, you know, unless you're Walt Disney and you already have a family and you you got the plan. But there's would be like me, bro, you know, making a, a small theme park for kids. Yeah, I love kids. They just come over. I'm a single man. I mean, that's just. I don't know. Maybe in the eighties, that's it. Didn't matter. You didn't know the difference. Now we know. Oh, it's so it's so sick. You feel so bad for these kids, and then they have their wives on. You know the kid, the guys, and 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 why didn't they come out and say it? Well, why didn't they come out? Because they were protecting him. They were embarrassed. It's a it's that same thing we were talking about when my old girlfriend got raped, and I was so angry at her. I fell for it. Hook line singer. How could you not tell me? You know, show me a month later and I was furious. And now, you know, now it is it is only after and, you know, and, and talking, uh, you know, when she explained why she didn't tell me. You know, now I get it. And I get the Michael Jackson thing. Why, you know, they, they feel like it's their fault. They're ashamed. They can't talk about it. Um, stuff I didn't know many years ago. Uh, the police don't even believe girls that are raped in uh, Long Island, you know, during the Hamptons that time of the year. Do you know how many girls probably come in? I mean, maybe they're better nowadays, but they were like, well, what are you doing out by yourself? I mean, that's what they're always going to say. I say that too. I don't know how many girls I got to be a father figure for that. I got to say, what are you doing out by yourself? What's the matter with you? What's the matter with you? Um, my Phone's ringing outside. Nobody calls this time of the day. What could that be? I hope it's not work. Oh, I forgot to turn my uh, airplane mode on. I hope nobody calls my cell phone. I don't want to get distracted. We're having a good time. Because I'm having a good time. So, on Thursday, I went with my uh, 23-year-old friend, Caitlin, down to the cellar. Or that area, that neighborhood. I went to the Greenwich Village Comedy Club, which is a dump, to see that girl, Keanu. Now, as you remember, last week or two weeks ago, I had kicked Keanu off the show. And I guess uh, some of you guys tweeted it, <laughs> which is fine. And um, so, uh, you know, it just got out. And then Kevin Brennan uh, ambushed me. I was... Um, texting him because he was really good on crashing and then he called me and he goes hey call into the show today and he ambushed me and Keanu was there and they just gave me shit they're like what you, you I heard you kicked Keanu off the show because she has a boyfriend and you weren't able to sleep with her and I'm like uh no 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 that's uh but I you know I was totally ambushed and I'm like well I could see how that would be construed that way sure sure I mean I was still a gentleman but it was funny it you know it's all people that um kind of get the gag. Keanu was actually, she's pretty cool. She she didn't care at all. She was just like, yeah, this makes good radio, and Kevin was that way, and I was that way, so um, it was funny. 
And but then I saw her on Thursday because I'm like, look, I got to come see you perform if me, you, you know you're going to be on this show. So I brought my friend Caitlin down and we went to see the show. And I actually sat through the Greenwich Village comedy show. I, I sat through. I've been sitting through a lot of comedy lately. It's funny. Um, and uh, thank God she was the best one on the show because it's uh, it, everybody sucks down there you know it's it's a horrible show but she was really good and there's potential there i think thank god and then i saw her later and i said yeah so let's do the show so now it's her you know for for the the final four show i got coming up on the 26th i got steve rogers captain america uh this guy trevor bond i think his name is uh i only saw some clips of him he's good looking like half black half white he should i think people will like him you know and that's you know he's not good but you know i think he's he's got potential Keanu, and then I got to find one more person. And uh, the MC on that show was okay, so I might use her. I'd like to use two girls, two boys. Um, so, uh, but everybody's up for it. I've made it very clear. Are you sure you're okay with this, the judging? Now I'd like to have Paul Rudd come down and judge. Can you imagine the crowd would like that? It's not a bad idea. I don't know whether he'd be up for it, but boy, the crowd would not like. And to have a judge tonight, we're going to use uh, this guy, uh, made a little name for himself in the 90s. I don't know what he's been doing since. He's, uh, you know, I mean, that'd be funny. So I'm still not sure how I'm going to run it, but uh, looks like Keanu and I are back on good terms. Oh, and I think she broke up with that boy. I think I, I got her to break up with that boy. She's like, yeah, well, no, he ruined my career or something, whatever she was saying about it. Like, uh, it looks like I did my job. This kid needs to be taught a lesson, and I was the one to teach it to him. So done and done. I mean, that Keanu's a good kid. And I knew that too. I felt bad uh, about the thing. I was just like, that guy is so creepy. I don't know. I, I, I never met him. I don't know what his deal is. There's something about him. It's like looking at Michael Jackson now. Hey, there's something about that guy. No, it's like that Golden Girls episode where uh, where uh, Sophie Sophia knew that there was something uh, going on with, was it John Shuck? Holmes and Yo-Yo. Uh, <laughs> she's like, there's something up with this guy. And she figured it out way before anyone else did. Just like I figured out that the New Jersey mayor was gay. And my dad, I'm like, he's gay. And my and when he came out, my dad goes, Dave, you, you knew that 20 years ago. How'd you know that? I'm like, yeah, you know. I and then I was just like, wait, I'm just going to step more into this. If I, uh, Yeah, I know stuff like that, Dad. You know, I know about gay I can take a gay guy for a mile. <laughs> just the more I try to praise myself it's just gonna get worse my dad's gonna be like aha uh-huh. right yeah i can spot a gay guy a mile away yeah oh, listen i got the gator i know who they are <laughs> and speaking of gay so i'm driving on saturday and um or friday night and i go past radio city music hall and i'm seeing some people that are up there and i'm like oh i wonder who's at the beacon i don't know because that's more cost effective to see who's there sometimes it's somebody really good that we want to see and i'm just going through the list and i see that ben platt is going to be there ben platt from dear evan hansen ben platt who we may never see the likes of again because he'll never do another show like that and uh i don't know what there is but so i'm like geez i'd like to go to that show as gay as it will be uh i want to hear this kid sing i like him i like his voice and so i called vincent my friend vincent who, you know, was the first one to tell me about Ben Platt. And we always, you know, me, him, and Larry Moss always go to see the shows together. And I said, he's going to be playing. And 
and so, you know, he he works uh, where Sarah stays when she's here. So they saw each other the night, and he goes, "Yeah, Dave left a message on my machine that he wants to see Ben fold." And Sarah's like, "What? Why would he want to see?" And and he got it totally wrong. And then when he called me, he goes, "Why would I want to see that? You're a fag, you know, like whatever." And I'm like, "What? Why would you say that?" And I was like, where is this coming from? And then I don't know what that was all about. But then like five hours later, he goes, hey, you know, Dave, I was like, yeah, let's um, let's get those tickets. I was like, what is this? Are you with somebody that you're making fun or whatever? Who else can I call besides Vincent and my sister? So that's where we're going. We're getting four tickets. We're getting Vincent, Larry Moss, and my sister. Ben Platt at the uh, at the Beacon Theater in between Seinfeld performances. I don't know. Seems like a good plan, I guess. Oh, and um, okay, so I got in touch with this guy from Netflix who I haven't seen in many years, and I just wrote him on Facebook, and I said, what's up? Um, I hear you're at Netflix. Uh, why don't we set up a meeting? And I, I just took a chance, and of course, I don't hear from him. So then his birthday came up. Yeah, I see it on Facebook, and I was like, you know, that was like two or three weeks later. It was just a coincidence. And they wrote, hey, it's cool. Whatever happens, you know, happy birthday. And then he wrote back. And he goes, yeah, let's set something up. So I am going to Netflix to tell them about TurboCharge. Now, I don't know. what You know, once he sees it, he'll be like, you want to put this on Netflix? I don't know how it's going to be, but I'm trying. So... And as long as uh, Vanessa's not involved, it should actually happen. But if it doesn't, I'll try something else. But at least uh, I got a meeting coming up at Netflix for Turbocharge. Turbocharge will continue in a moment. Because Turbocharge is awesome. Are we right, people? And you got to put it out there for the masses. For the 20 people that are going to be like, yes, finally, Turbocharge. I'll think of something else, but at least I am trying to work on it. And uh, thank you guys for kind of lighting a fire. And uh, so, yeah, I was with Sarah and I was telling her about that. And she goes, oh, my God, I got to see that movie again. It's hilarious. It's so stupid, you know, but in a good, stupid way. She's like, yeah, we got to see that again. It's really funny. She gets it. We had a good time together yesterday. Uh, Oh, and just um, (laughs) found out Dory, you know, my niece, she's trying to legally change her name to Dory. It's Dorian. And she wants to legally change. I mean, this girl's lost her mind. I think the fun, if you're called Dory and your name isn't actually Dory, I think that's the most interesting part. I think that's the interesting part. See, she doesn't have any friends, so nobody can tell her that. I think it's interesting when somebody sees her and says, wait, your name is Dorian? Yeah, but apparently she hates it so much. She wants, she has to legally change her names. So on her, uh, when she becomes a doctor and an orthodontist and her, you know, graduation diplomas all say Dory because she's so upset that it's going to say Dorian. Can you imagine this kid? the hell's the matter with her who cares she's out of her goddamn mind yeah that's new she's gonna legally change her name 
How do you not bring that up on the podcast? So you got to go through all these steps. So it turns out she goes down to the court. You got to do like five things to legally change it. Goes down to the court. The I got a picture. The judge who's, you know, in charge of this says, wait a minute. Your name is Dory. My mother's name is Dory and she just died like two weeks ago. Oh, please, will you take a picture of the thing and put on the robes? Like, he was, like, so nice. He's like, hey, put on these robes and take a picture at my desk. And Dory's such an asshole. She was just like, uh, okay. I mean, wouldn't that be the coolest thing? Like, you'd be like, oh, great, yeah. And he, he brought him into their the chambers, and he was, like, talking to her. And she's like, uh, I guess. I mean, what an asshole. The guy's clearly, like, trying to bond because he's, like, he just lost his mom. He's Maybe he's a mama's boy. Who the hell knows what the story is? I mean, he's such an asshole. She's like... Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, story drives me crazy, but she's sitting behind the desk with the robes and then it, uh, and the name. It's so funny. I mean, and she's just like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that happened. And my sister's like, oh, you got to see this picture. It's unbelievable. And she's just like, yeah. Oh, yeah, right. Uh, right. Yeah, because Joe was talking like we should all go to her dance recital. Because it's going to be so stupid. So I thought it was like a marathon, but it's not. I don't know what it is. It, it, oh, God. What is her deal? And speaking of which, I finished the first Harry Potter book. I finished a book. Sure, it's the illustrated book, but I finished it. I was so excited. I just kept reading it and reading. I, I, I must have finished it in like a week. I mean, that's a big deal for me. It was exciting. And then I started watching the movies. Because it's much more fun to watch the movies after you read the book. See what they left out. See what they put in or added in. Fascinating. It was fun. I can't wait to read the second one now. I can't believe I'm just going to get. I mean, they're expensive because they're huge books. But it was fun reading. You know, so I turned off the TV and started reading. Yeah, you heard me. What did I say? No, I'm sorry, folks. I didn't mean it. <laughs> like people listen to this show. You did what? Whoa, 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 whoa. You turned off what? The TV. Did I tell you guys that I was going to go to the set of the Big Bang Theory? I don't think I did. I think I'm going to go to the set of the Big Bang Theory. They're finishing. They got like a last week coming up. I think I'm going to get to go to the set and like meet the cast. That's exciting. I think. I don't know. I My dates are all messed up because Sarah keeps messing up. She's going to be here when I'm there and she doesn't like that. And I don't like that either. I mean, I like to see her when I'm out there. What's the point? But I also like to do stuff of my own when I'm out there, too. So screw that. Oh, I remember there was one last thing I was going to talk about. I I can't get over the Oscars again, you know? The Oscars have been so, for Best Picture, have been so disappointing. I just, I took a look back. There hasn't been a, a Titanic since Titanic, there hasn't been like a, a, a best picture that we're all excited about that deserved to win that we're all on board with since about Titanic. I went through it all. Look at this list. Green Book, Shape of Water, Moonlight. Right there, there's three clunkers that no one's ever seen. That, that, that you wouldn't go see in the movie. That a normal person wouldn't go to see. Spotlight, that horrible Birdman, 12 Years a Slave, Argo, The Artist, The King's Speech. That's from 2010. For the last 10 years, there hasn't been one movie that anyone gives a shit about. 
That's best picture. Then let's keep going. The Hurt Locker. Here's one that you maybe could say this was a good one. Slumdog Millionaire. I think people like that one. I think we were all in agreement that was a pretty good choice. That was a good movie. But it's still like nobody talks about it anymore. And it's time. No Country for Old Men. Is that right? The Departed. I thought that sucked. Crash. Million Dollar Baby. Lord of the Rings. Return of the... Stupid. Chicago. Beautiful Mind. Gladiator. Maybe Gladiator. You could say. American Beauty. Shakespeare in Love. And Titanic is the only one now, probably when you see it, when you're watching on TV, you go like, oh, right, this one best picture. I think when you're watching Gladiator, you're not saying, oh, this one best picture. You just don't. Titanic, I guess because of its level of bigness, screams out as like how. But what I'm saying is in the 90s, you have Titanic. Then you get that horrible English pace and Braveheart, Forrest Gump, Schindler's List, Silence of the Lambs, Dances with Wolves, all movies that we remember, oh my God, yeah, those were best. That's that's when they had best pictures. Not these were money making movies, not these indie films that all win that no one cares about. Nineties were an interesting year, and then so I was, you know, I mean, it's it's, it's I, why would it bother me? I don't know. So then I was comparing it to the Grammys, which I think they finally got right. They did it the opposite way, whereas kind of in the 2000s, they were still giving best albums to like Bob Dylan and Beck and people like nobody heard from anymore. This one they kind of got right. I mean, I don't know if this Casey Musgraves this year, but, it, you know, last year, uh, Bruno Mars, Adele. These are best albums of the year. Bruno Mars, Adele, Taylor Swift, and there was that Beck, uh, Daft Punk, Mumford & Sons, Adele again, Arcade Fire, Taylor Swift. Uh, you, you know, and, and so in 2010, they started to like, okay, we're going to give best album away to people that people have heard of in the last century, because then right after that, it goes back to where they weren't doing that. Robert Plant and Alison Krauss, that never should have Herbie Hancock, the Dixie Chicks. Well, that, that's all right, I guess. Ray Charles. You know, it's just so funny. They They were doing exactly what the Oscars were doing, but somehow they figured it out. And they're like, no, let's give it to, you know, stuff like Bruno Mars, like people have heard of. Bruno Mars being the equivalent of if you give Best Picture again, I can't stop to get out. Because then that changes. I guess that's why it makes me so angry. I'm like, what is happening over there? Or maybe just nobody's making good movies anymore. But we know that's not the case. Get out's unbelievable. What else is unbelievable? Bohemian Rhapsody was up. You know, if that had won, I would have been like, yeah, that was fantastic. I don't know what's happening. Everybody sucks. Michael Jackson. God, he's, you know, we were, I guess we played, oh, somebody played PYT last night. And, uh, you know, everybody's like, no, we're going to take it back. We're going to take the song. These are our songs. Because now nobody knows what to do. You know, they're, they're talking about, uh, we're going to ban Michael Jackson's songs. Well, duh. Are you going to ban Michael Jackson? Yes, that'll help a lot. What are you going to ban Michael Jackson for? Listen, why, why ban Michael Jackson songs? You can choose to listen to it or not. Now, they all have double meaning now. We were just listening to that clip up front. I'm not like other guys. I'm different. 
because they're like fucking boys in the ass. It, it, it's, it, you, you know, you can choose to listen or not, and either they will hold up or they won't because now he's ruined everything. And you know what the thing is? I was thinking of R. Kelly. And you saw that crazy rant he did with Gail King. So funny that Oprah and Gail King are involved with all these molestation charges and stuff. But I think Art Kelly has been able to get away with it for so long because at least he's, um, I guess he's sleeping with girls. Maybe that's the difference. I, I don't know. Is it? Michael Jackson is taking advantage of young boys. That seems to be the the difference for some reason. Is it, isn't it? Well, no, I guess there is no difference. People are angry at R. Kelly, and I guess it doesn't matter. I guess I'm thinking, I'm like, well, why is it different? It's not different. Well, I think when he, at least uh, when he sleeps with you, at least. I don't think they're seven. How about that? Now, granted, if they're 14 or 15 or whatever this guy's doing, that ain't good either. But they're not seven. That's pretty fucking bad. It's weird that uh, I wonder if Michael Jackson was alive, if any of this would have happened. I would assume it would have, but he was so powerful, he probably could have gotten it stopped, which the his estate could not do, and HBO stuck by their guns. And sure, it's one-sided, and that's, they even say, would you have made this documentary if Michael Jackson was alive? But I think he would have because these two boys, the reason why they come out now. So they say, why'd they come out now? Well, they came out now because each of them had sons or daughters. Whenever they had, they had kids. And one of the guys is reaching the age where Michael Jackson first molested him. And then it came up where he was just like, now that I see I have a kid, if I'm picturing if somebody ever touched him the way he touched me, I, I, I would murder them. And I think that's what caused him to come out and, uh, you know, speak out on it, which uh, we, four hours and I'm like, come on. After this first, uh, the first one for two hours, I'm like, come on. What else are they going to talk about? And then it just got better because then they bring the wives in and you want to hear from them. And the way they do it, they just, they're sitting in a chair. There's no glam. There's no glitz. It's just these guys talking. But the way they talk is good. They're not crying. They're just sitting there calmly saying their piece. Nobody gets emotional until the ending, until the very end. Then they get like emotional. But that's, I'm sorry, that's how the, uh, I'm still hungover. That's how the documentary builds. It's terrific. Well, I I, um, I have to go to work. <laughs> you know, I got to take Tom out for dinner. <laughs> Folks, I don't know. I mean, it's so weird. Uh, there's video. There's photos. And I'm telling you, I remember this girl was taking like photos. She's a professional photographer and she's taking photos the whole time. And, you know, she's taking not photos of me. She's taking photos of uh, Johnny and, and, and Paul. And uh, and I'm like, if I can get into one photo, it'll be classic because I'm always in one photo. And that's been since like college. In every group in college, I was always in one photo. Uh you know, in all kinds of, you know, whether it's the, uh, you know, the chess club or the uh, or a sports photo, you know, with the football players 
or then I'm with the the, the radio people. I, I always get into one photo in the background of something different. Like since like since high school and college, I was always hanging out with different kinds of people all the time. And it's just funny. Like I was thinking, you know, how there's a picture of me in Anthony Cumia's book. You know, I mean, what a, you know, what, I'm always in like one photo in the background. Um, and last night was no exception. You know, I got like one photo that, you know, if they ever do write a book, I'll, I'll be in the book. You know, just and unidentified man. Uh, <laughs> Paul Rudd and unidentified man. Yeah, we couldn't figure out who it is in this day and age. No idea. We had a great time with him that one night, but uh, never saw him again. He was never seen again. But uh, I don't know what's happening this week. Nothing. We were just going to relax, get to the 26th. You know what I'm saying? Now that everything's all... I'll tell you what I'm nervous about. On the 26th, it's like, I'm not using Rick, I think, to open, so it means I have to open... I stink at stand-up comedy. I don't know whether to do it. How can I go up and do stand-up, my brand of stand-up, and then judge others? You hear the audience hating me whenever I just go up on stage for 10 seconds. There's no, they're so angry. Oh, this guy again. So I don't know what I'm going to do, but I got to do something, and I got to come up with it fast. I got two weeks. But uh, whatever. Whatever, right? It's all good. Everything is good. Oh, yeah. Got all the way back. Can't help myself. Sammy Hagar. Yeah. Yeah, well, this is, so, yeah. I mean, oh, so, the, yeah, I could, um, I don't know what happened with the podcast this week, but now that the daylight savings is charged, it'll be fun to do the podcast, like, even when I get home from work or something like that. And I was like, no, I'll do it Saturday, I'll do it Sunday, and then all this stuff came up, and I'm like, look, I'm going to have to do the Monday morning before work podcast. And I did. And it was, I mean, and, and only, I, as I, I swear to God, when I came home last night, I'm like, should I just do the podcast now? Because that was an amazing night. But it, it's hard to put together in words, like the timeline and the fun and, you know, what happened. But it is funny. I mean, you think of that guy. He's a, it's like a Marvel superhero. He looks so good. I, I guess we're around the same age. He's got to be like 10 years younger, though, right? But he knew all the references. Stripes? Who's going to know that line? Anyway, good times were had by all and more good times to happen. Again, with the Amy Heckerling thing, I, what can I do? I text her and I say, what day is good? And then she chooses to text back or not. I do not want to pressure her. Uh, you know, so it'll happen when it happens. Otherwise, we're just going to move on. And if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. And then, um, but, you know, we'll get the guests. And we got the stories nonetheless. And that's the important thing. And that is why we call it The Nightfly with Dave Juskow. Me! Anyway, have a great week, everybody. Have a horrible St. Patrick's Day. Uh, thank God it's on a Sunday, so I don't have to deal with that nonsense. You know, they come right by my job. Ugh, gross. Hey, I'm doing my Godfather 2. Uh, hey, you're your friend. Anyway, yes. Um, oh, St. Patrick's Day is the worst, but that's uh, Selection Sunday. So I'm trying to, I really don't want to gamble anymore, so I'm not going to try and forget about it. But, uh, oh, no, I got to do that thing at work. I got more gambling. Oh, it just never stops. I have a responsibility. Anyway, that's the show. We'll figure it all out next week on The Night Fly with Dave Juskow. Have a wonderful, beautiful daylight time savings, whatever it is, back where it's going to be daylight again for hours 
and we can all be happier about not being in the dark. We'll see you next time on the podcast. Good night, everybody. Your love